Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We made it to Friday. It's August 14th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Fortnite takes on Apple and Google. Plus, how and why smaller towns across America are confronting racism. But first, our reliance on unreliable data is today's one big thing. How we measure our economic health depends on many things, not just evictions, bankruptcies, or savings rates, but also statistics, lots of them. We are in this kind of epistemic fog, and it's making policymaking much harder than it really ever has been in the past. Felix Salmon is our chief financial correspondent. He's here to cut through that fog and explain his skepticism about the accuracy of these numbers right now. The pandemic has not just hit the economy, it has hit our ability to measure the economy. And unless we know how badly the economy is doing, it's really hard to know what we are supposed to do about it. You look at something like, what was GDP growth? What's inflation? What's unemployment? All of these things come from surveys. And what we're discovering, looking at the way that these economic statistics are put out, is they're still the best statistics out there, but they're just much less reliable than they used to be. So let's take the jobless rate. There was a period a couple of months ago where we weren't exactly sure what the unemployment rate was because it kept changing pretty significantly. So what was happening there was people asked, do you have a job? And they say, yeah, I have a job. I, you know, I might not have gone into work this week because I work at a place that shut down completely, but I still have the job. And so those kind of questions, people asked in different ways. And the way that the questions are designed never had a pandemic in mind. Eventually, they started to realize that a bunch of people were answering the question one way, but they should be counted another way. Because the real problem here is there's this thing called the non-response rate, which has gone through the roof. The people who used to be perfectly willing to answer questions now can't be found or aren't answering the questions. So you just don't have the same representative sample. There's just a big question mark over the entire accuracy of the survey because, again, the survey was never designed to be put to Americans in the middle of a pandemic. And it's not just the unemployment rate when we're talking about statistics that we're not clear about. There are other economic statistics that also are in question here. All other statistics. It doesn't matter what you're looking at, whether you're looking at inflation, whether you're looking at GDP growth, whatever it is you care to mention, there's been a huge spanner thrown in the works in terms of accuracy and reliability there are people who might be listening, Felix, who think, who cares if the unemployment rate is off just a little bit? We don't know if it's off just a little bit or if it's off a lot. That's the problem. The error bars are unknown. And that's the really terrifying thing. If we are in the middle of negotiations right now about a new round of stimulus, you need to at least be able to agree on the facts of what is on the ground in order to be able to have that debate. And we just don't know with any real accuracy what the facts on the ground are. Felix Salmon is the chief financial correspondent for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the battle royale between Fortnite, Apple, and Google. Welcome back to Axios Today. The wildly popular video game Fortnite took on Apple and Google yesterday with separate lawsuits. At issue is the tight grip both tech companies have on the developers who use their app stores, like Apple, 
which takes a 30% cut of almost all in-app purchases. Ina Fried is Axios's chief technology correspondent. There are very strict rules on what you can and can't do to stay in Apple's store. And companies like Epic, which makes Fortnite, have been complaining for a while. So now this long-simmering disappointment, frustration that some developers have had is turning into a direct legal fight. Right. So now Fortnite has sued Apple and Google over antitrust violations. Yes. And so this was clearly planned. They actually had a really funny video ready to go where they used Apple's famous 1984 ad for the Macintosh. And basically, they now see Apple as Big Brother. So, you know, what happens next here? Well, now it's obviously at a head. So you have one of the most popular games out there no longer on Apple or Google's stores. With Android, you can still sideload it, get it in other ways. With Apple, if you don't already have Fortnite downloaded, you can't play it. So we're going to see a court have to weigh in probably here unless the two sides can reach a resolution, which seems unlikely because they're basically arguing fundamentally different things. Apple believes it has the right to control the way its store works, and it says that helps privacy, that helps security. Epic and others, we've seen Spotify, we've seen Match Group, the parent of Tinder, also complain. So someone's going to have to weigh in, whether it's a government or a court, on whether Apple should be able to do this. Ina Fried is Axios's chief technology correspondent. The protests over the killing of George Floyd are still going on. And while much of the media attention has been on big cities, there's an important shift that's also happening in small-town America. Rashan Ayish is joining us now from Chapel Hill. She's a news reporter for Axios. Hey, Rashan, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Rashan, what's the demographic shift that we're seeing in smaller towns across the country? Basically, what we're seeing is that young people of color, their population numbers, it's outpacing older white generations. About half of Americans under 30 in the U.S. are now racial or ethnic minorities compared to 25 percent of those in the over 55 crowd. So non-white Americans are going to become the majority by 2054. Does that explain the fact that protests are happening all across America? Right. So you're seeing young people of color out protesting, but you're also seeing a lot of white people protesting. Maybe compared to past generations, these young white people are growing up in a more multiracial communities. Now in small town America, because of this multiracial shift across the U.S., they are seeing how these stories impact their neighbors, people they go to church with, people they go to school with. So it's a little bit more real now. And how are we seeing this change happen in places where we might be surprised to think about it? Actually, in Iowa, you're seeing the minority youth population. Their growth is outpacing the older white generation by over 50 percent. There you've seen some real change with people speaking out following the police killing of George Floyd. It led to Governor Kim Reynolds, a Republican governor, and the Republican-controlled state legislator approving bills to change the way policing is done in Iowa, including a partial ban on chokeholds. We're seeing the real-time implications of what it means to live in a more racially diverse America, with people more willing to protest for their neighbors and more willing to speak moving forward. Rashawn Aish is a news reporter for Axios. Before we end today's show, here's some news for Android users. That's not just any alert. It's Google's new earthquake warning system. 
According to Reuters, it works through what are called accelerometers, tiny built-in sensors that are mainly used to determine whether a phone is in landscape or portrait mode. But they can also detect earthquakes when the phone is plugged in and stationary. Google's expected to begin alerts next year in California, but the system could also help billions of Android users around the world, especially people in countries without reliable earthquake sensors. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Alderman, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shaven. Alex Sugiyara is our mix engineer. Sarah Kehilani-Gu is our executive editor. Special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Letal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. You can write to us at podcasts at axios.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Nyla Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a great weekend.